in a series called How to Survive the Zombie Apocalypse, and what we're talking about is this idea, or any other end of the world scenario, uh, if you if you're online at all or you're watching anything online or if, God forbid, you watch cable news, uh, it's all about fear. It's all about the end of the world. It's all about, uh, you know, make sure uh, you're on the right side of things. And uh, the Bible is chock full of things that talk about the end of the world. The Bible is all about, all of Revelation talks about what it is at the actual end when Jesus is returning. And believe me, just because the sermon series is called How to Survive the Zombie Apocalypse, I don't believe in zombies, okay? Except for Congress, that's it. Those are the only zombies <laughs> we have. I don't, I don't believe in zombies. I do believe Jesus is coming again. I do believe it's serious. All of that stuff. So, uh, just, uh, I, 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 I'm not, I'm not, not believing in that stuff, but I also believe that there's no way to know the exact day or the exact season. And it seems to me, and we'll see this if my slides ever stop doing that, uh, we'll know when it happens and we'll look at revelation when it happens and we'll go, my goodness, revelation was perfect. Like it nailed the end of the world. So I, apocalyptic literature doesn't bother me, but I don't spend a bunch of time trying to figure out who is the Antichrist and who Gog and Magog are and all of those things. I don't spend too much time doing that. And the reason I don't is because in actuality, it has really no bearing on how I live my life as a follower of Jesus. Whether we're in the end times or not, I still need to be humble. I still need to be joyful. I still need to know the word. I still need to be a man, or in your case, maybe a woman of prayer. I still need to live a holy life. I still need to talk about my faith, all these different things. Let me do one thing. All right. So what we're talking about, I'm going to try to do this as much by memory without my slides as I can, and we'll see it. But in Paul, in 1 Peter, Peter talks about this idea, and he says this, the end of all things is near. Peter says this 2,000 years ago. He's talking about the end of all things is near. Now, you and I think in terms of near, well, that means near, Right? Because we only live on this planet. I'm saying 80 years. I know some of you are past 80 years. I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm just saying a typical, you know, as we talk in culture, we talk about living 80 years. We'll make it 90. That's fine. But then Peter goes on to say, oh, and by the way, uh, a day uh, for the Lord is like a thousand years and a thousand years is a day. So what we talked about last week, and I encourage you to listen to last week, uh, not just because I preached it, but because it kind of sets the tone. That in an 80-year life, according to end times um, math, you live an hour, 1.92 hours, <laughs> as far as the Lord is concerned. Now, that goes along with a lot of different scriptures. Scripture sometimes calls you a, a, a blade of grass that is here today and gone tomorrow. It calls you a flower, right? That just, oh, what a great life, and then uh, off you go, right? So... It calls all these things. Don't worry about that. That's just uh, Apple TV. Okay, anywho, we're going to get through this. I promise we are going to get through this. All right. 
If you want to, Roscoe, switch over to that other HDMI, that would be great. All right. So, so this is what Paul's talking about. Peter, what Peter's talking about. He's saying, hey, you guys, regardless of whether zombies come, or there's nuclear war, or Jesus returns, which he is returning. I want to make that very clear once again. We're, we don't have much time left. I have, under uh, end times theology, about 40 minutes left of my life. And I, I gave myself to 92, just because I can, right? I'm just, it's my own thing. I can do it. I can live as long as I want. Uh, uh, to a certain point. So uh, 92, let's say, right? I got 40 minutes left. Well, what am I going to do with that 40 minutes? Now, here's what your culture says, what my culture says, what, what Western culture says. You are the number one person in the world, aren't you? Life, liberty, and the pursuit of, there you go. Whose happiness? Well, mine, right? My happiness. That's, that's, that's why we're here. We just, we talk about just, hey, you're, you're great the way you are. Just do you, boo. You got it. You're, you're the one. You're, the, you're important. You want to live the way you want to live. As long as it doesn't, what, hurt other people, you can do whatever you want. You can live how you want. You can believe what you want. You can do all these different things. That is not biblical. And then we talk in terms of community. And maybe your community is uh, Rotary or YMCA or your workplace or whatever. That actually isn't real biblical community. And so what we're going to be talking about this morning is what is real biblical community. And so um, we uh, will be spending time when we get it back up here in 1 Corinthians. If you want to go ahead and turn to that, it's chapter 12. And the, essentially what Paul is talking about is the idea that um, we are all part of this organism. Peter says this, since everything will be destroyed in this way, it's stuck now. What kind of people ought you to be? Well, I'm going to go through it. Oh, there we go. All right. So we talk about being in community. And here's what we all think about going to church, right? And so if you're a Christian and you're an American, this is what's gone through your mind. I guarantee you, no matter what, this has gone through your mind. Uh, the sermon was okay, but why can't that guy get his media handled? I like the worship leader, Ezekiel, but you know, there was this, this one time in this thing. I didn't understand the second song, and that was kind of weird. I don't know. You know, I really like, right? So what we do, we critique. This is what we do. We were, you were born to critique as an American. Right? Yelp reviews, all this kind of stuff. So what I thought I'd do is I would describe my perfect church. You say, well, John, you, you're not allowed to do that. You're the pastor. I'm saying if I wasn't the pastor, this would be my perfect church. So announcements, uh, no offense. Uh, he's not coming up here. Maybe he will. Would be Steve Harvey. Okay? No offense. You did great. Okay? But, but I know everyone who does announcements here, and if I had to kick them off, they'd be like, oh, thank goodness I don't have to do announcements. So I, I get all that. But if I, want, I, want it, I would want Steve Harvey to do announcements. He's very funny. He's really cool. Uh, for worship, this is no offense to you. You did fantastic. But uh, right is here. Maybe it'll come up later. I would put um, John Mayer would be our worship leader, okay? Now, I know he's not technically a Christian, but we can look past that if he plays guitar the way he plays, okay? For uh, the app, 
I wouldn't have done the app myself. We would have uh, Zuckerberg do the app, okay? He designed Facebook. He can design our app. That would be great. Uh, and then for counseling, we'd have uh, Dr. Henry Cloud. Uh, he's, he's done like, mil sold millions and millions of books. He would be our counselor, right? Henry Cloud, oh my goodness, that would be fantastic. Uh, for leadership development, we would have Tom Brady. Yeah. Okay, that's what I'm telling you about. See that? You see that? I was going to put him down for counseling, but okay. So leadership development will be uh, Tom, Tom Brady. For community, we have Dr. Perkins. Uh, he would be our community liaison person. For men's ministry, uh, we would have Tom Cruise. Uh, or for women's ministry. Okay, that would, that would really, women's ministry would go up. And uh, for women's ministry, though, we would have Gal Gadot uh, for women's ministry, uh, not for men's ministry. Okay, I know what you're thinking. And then for our associate pastor, if I had my perfect church, it would be Pastor Michelle because she is, she is a legit pastor. All right, here's the scriptures. See how much calmer I'm getting now? Oh, I love you. Come here. Shh. It's okay. Everything's going to be fine. There are different kinds of gifts. You know this. Right? I know this. I am gifted in a different way than you are gifted. I look at the world in kind of a different lens that you would look in the world. I came out of a home of addiction, so I, I, I tri I'm triggered by different things that maybe you would be triggered by, depending on your family of origin. But what God says is there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, right? Some of you helped with the kids all this summer. That was very fun, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. What brings biblical community is that we are all surrounded by the idea that we have the same Savior. And what that does is it strips everything else away. I don't care what your paint job is for your race. I don't care what your socioeconomic class is. I don't care if you have a PhD or you got your GED or you don't have your GED. I don't care if you're poor or if you're super duper wealthy. We all have one thing in common and that is Jesus Christ. And the fact that in my brokenness as a wealthy person, I need Jesus. In my brokenness as a person living in poverty, I need Jesus. As a black man, a, a, a white woman, an Asian woman, whatever it is, we all have this in common. The same Lord. That is biblical community. There are different kinds of working, but in all and in, uh, and in everyone, it is the same God at work. It goes on. Now to each one, and we're going to memorize this when it comes back up, but now to each one, this is so vital, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the what? Common good, which means what? We don't do it alone, which means you are placed on this earth not for your 
itself. Now, the reason we call this uh, the zombie apocalypse is because if an apocalypse comes, if there is a, a nuclear war or there's something else or, uh, you know, we have some other end of the world, you are going to need to be in community to survive, period. You're going to need someone figuring out food. You're going to need someone figuring out protection. You're going to need someone figuring out all these different things. And in a crisis situation, community is your number one asset. To each one, that's you. It's not just me. It's you. You say, John, if you knew my story, you would know there's no way a manifestation of the Spirit was given to me. Uh, my life is jacked up. It doesn't match Scripture. To each one, a manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. There is a reason you're here. And for those of you online, there is a reason you're here. And here's what I would say to you just a little bit, because you're going to think that I'm coming down on you because you're online and you're not actually here. But here's what I would tell you. If you are a follower of Jesus, you have to be in biblical community somewhere. So it's great to watch online, to supplement your faith and all that. But at some point, you need to feel the uncomfortableness of being in a group of Christians. <laughs> and I get it. It can be uncomfortable because Christians are no different than anyone else. They're weird. Okay? We're all weird. But you're going to have to get over it. Now, Here's what you might be saying, and here's what you guys might be saying. And you might have come back to church for the first time since COVID, and you're like, oh boy, I forgot there were people there. Yeah, well, here's, here's the, here's the uh, news flash. What I'll hear a lot of people say, because they'll talk to me if I'm doing something or I'm out and about, and I make the mistake of telling someone I'm a pastor, uh, they will begin to tell me all the things. And here's what they'll tell me a lot of times. I was at church one time, and I got wounded. I got hurt by somebody in church. And so I don't go back anymore, which makes absolutely no sense in any other part of your life. I made a bad investment, so now I put all my money under a mattress. That doesn't make any sense. I went to the gym and I hurt my shoulder, so now I just sit on the couch for the rest of my life. That doesn't make any sense. I went to a barber and I got a bad haircut, so now my hair is 17 feet long because I don't ever go. Like, like if being wounded or being upset is something where you then disregard that entire thing, that's not any way to live life. And so I'd encourage you if you're watching online, I'd encourage you if someone has given you this jacked up sermon with all the tech not working and they just go here, watch this, watch the pastor squirm when no technology works, right? That might be you, but I would encourage you get into biblical community. As Marquise was talking about in announcements, we're going to be starting Rooted. The books go on sale next week. And here's what's going to happen, especially to men, okay? I'm not, I can only speak for men because I'm a man. Men have a way of avoiding intimacy. It's like our DNA. Not all men, okay? Don't write me any letters, okay? Not all men. But here's how the men I'm around, this is what will happen. It starts to get a little serious, right? And the first thing we do is we make a joke because we can't handle it. And it's really hard. And so there'll be a bunch of dudes together and the one will go, man, I don't know about my, my marriage, man. I don't, I don't. And it's this vulnerable step this guy's about to make. I don't know about my marriage. And then someone says, yeah, women, 
You can't, you know, just some dumb thing that men might say, right? I'm going to ask you to push past that. I'm going to ask you to be in a small group, which is the purest form of biblical community I can come up with. These rows, these are awesome. I love it. I love being your pastor. I love preaching. I love doing my own slides. I love all of that. But I would rather you be in circles than in rows. I want both, obviously. I love it when there's lots of people here. I love it when we're all together. But I love circles. And I love that to each one of you, every single one who's here, every single one of you online, has been given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Well, he goes on and uh, he says, there is one given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. Now think about this. Think of how important this is. Let's say you got wounded by your last small group and you say, I'm not doing that again. I'm not going to be vulnerable ever again. I don't think that's a great idea, but imagine if you have the word of wisdom that's going to help another individual. What if they're going through a divorce and you've gone through a divorce and you know how to navigate those waters, all the pain and all the, the, the stuff that goes on through all that. And you've decided because you were wounded or you, don't, you think Christians are weird or whatever, that you're not going to participate in that. They miss out, right? And he goes on. He's got a whole list of different things, message of knowledge and faith and gifts of healing and miraculous powers. Now, what Paul's doing in this particular section is picking big gifts, but it might not just be big gifts. You might have the gift of encouragement or hospitality. And all, all your job was, was to open up your house and make cookies. That was it. And you didn't do that. And so now there's no place, right? God has given to each one a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. There's prophecy, distinguishing the spirits, all these things. There's wacky ones like tongues and interpretation of tongues and all those different things. But what Paul is saying is that all these are the work of one and the same spirit. And he distributes them to each one as he determines. And then what Paul does is he goes into this idea. And if you would just indulge me for one second, just look at your hand. Would you just look at your hand for a second? doesn't matter which one, right or left. Wiggle your fingers, right? Maybe do the, you got the you can do whatever you want to do, right? You can move, maybe move your feet around. Paul tries to get us into this idea of this connection that we have. That we're a body of Christ. That we have all these things. Now imagine you don't have a pinky, the smallest of your fingers. Maybe put it down for a little bit. And now you need to grab stuff like this, right? Paul's trying to get us to the idea that we need that pinky. We need that small thing. I need this tendon that's right in here between my carpal and what? Metacarpal, I can't remember. My daughter teaches biology. I still don't know what that is. I need that thing. I need it. I need it with me the whole time. All right. And so he says, you've been baptized into one spirit. So we form one body. And then he goes on, whether you're a Jew, this is his culture, or a Gentile, whether you're a Democrat or Republican, you're like, Republicans make it to heaven? Yes, they do. So do Democrats. If you're a Republican, they make it. They do. I, I got a special thing from God. Slave or free. In other words, this is a class issue. 
So poor people, wealthy people, whatever. We're all given one spirit to drink. That is biblical community. So even so, the body is not made up of one part, but many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body. And maybe that's you. Maybe you're just like, I am not going to go into a small group. And here's why. Church is okay because there's lots of people and I can hide. And let me tell you about my personality. If I wasn't a pastor, I'd be in the balcony. The back of the balcony. Off to the side by the exit. And when the pastor, when he said, let's pray, and everyone closed their eyes, I'd be gone. Right? That's my personality. But what God has done throughout my life over and over and over again is when I'm willing to humble myself, when I'm willing to take a risk, it always pays off. Every small group I've ever been in, whether I was a pastor or not, has been life-giving to me. Every single one of them. So I can't say, oh, because I don't know the scriptures, I don't want to go to small group because, you know, you ever feel that way? Like they all know everything and you don't know. He says, don't, don't, don't talk like that. That's not, you still have things to offer. If I, I, I've had people in small groups that came to the Lord two weeks before they were in the small group and they taught us. Because God had given to each one a manifestation of the Holy Spirit for the common good. And they had words of wisdom that were just rock solid. They were speaking scripture. They didn't even know it was in the Bible. Right? So they can't, you can't say that. And if someone should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body. It wouldn't be less part of the body. No matter where you're coming from, hear me, hear me, hear me. You are vitally important to biblical community. You might not be that important to your community, to wherever you work or whatever you do. You might be marginalized or whatever, but not in the body of Christ. You are essential, essential. There are people in this church who have gone through addiction. They can help you get through addiction. Maybe you've gone through addiction and you could help someone else get through addiction. There are people who've come out of poverty. There are people who've gone through lots of different things, a loss of a child. There are people who, are, who if you're newlywed, they've been married for a long time. We all need each other. He says, the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? Uh, I had a really funny picture for that. But anyway, uh, if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, listen, God has placed the parts in the body. And then Paul says, every one of them, like he's trying to get this point across, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? The eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. If you think you've been a Christian long enough to where you don't need people, and you're at home and you're listening to all these different pastors online and you're getting fed the word, brother. And you have all the language and all these things and you talk about fellowship, but you're really just with your friends. And all, all these different things and you say, I don't really need that. You are totally outside of biblical community. There's no such thing as that in the Bible. You can't say you don't need it. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. If the head doesn't have the feet, guess what happens? Heads will roll. 
I made that up this very week by myself. I am so proud of myself. Right, thank you. Thank you. Yes, yes. On the contrary, says, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. You're indispensable. Here's what I want you to do. Just turn to your neighbor, and if you're watching online, if there's someone in that, just turn to them and say, you're indispensable. Good. You are. The parts that we think are less honorable according to the world standards, you might not be important as far as our culture is concerned. Those parts are treated with special honor. While our presentable parts, the ones that have kind of made it, right, in the body, you're not that important, <laughs> right? There's no special treatment. You just do your job. To each one, a manifestation of the Spirit has been given for the common good. When you get into your rooted groups in the coming weeks, and as Marquise was saying, I'm asking you to buy your books here. <laughs> you can buy them online for $3 cheaper on Amazon. Uh, but I'm asking you to buy them here because we overcharge you $3 a book so that those $3 can go to help someone who can't afford a book. That's why we do it. And because uh, I need a lease on a Tesla. No, that's not it. It's just to help those who are, are not in, uh, who are in need. So I bought a bunch of books expecting you to buy them. So please help me or else uh, they'll take it out of my paycheck. Okay. So, uh, but God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that locked it. Therefore, there should be no division in the body. This is what makes us different than anything else. The fact that you can have a different political belief. Now, granted, I know that a lot of our political beliefs come from the Bible. I get all of that. Understand, I, I get it. I know that there is, there is good and there's evil. I'm not trying to minimize any of that. But you can, you can get along with people who believe different than you. Why? Because we have the same Savior. That to each one, a manifestation of the Spirit has been given for the common good. That, uh, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, we all suffer. If one part is honored, we all honor. You know, you are the body of Christ, each one of you. I want to end with this. It's a quote from Eugene Peterson. Uh, and basically what he's talking about is this idea, uh, he's a pastor, and he said um, he found himself wanting to be with people outside of his congregation. Now, I don't understand what that is because all I want to do is be around you guys. But whatever, he's not that great a pastor. Anyway, he's only <laughs> written like 10 best-selling books. But, uh, but that was what he was found. And I get it. I, I've, I've been that way too where it's like, oh, man, it's just like I, I just want to be with my buddies. Right? Maybe you felt that way. And he said, but what he began to see as he studied the scripture, that that just doesn't, it doesn't work. And here's what he says. He says, I, I want to be with my friends, and, and, and that, that didn't work. Maybe even non-Christians, because they, it's just a different kind of vibe and all that kind of stuff. But here's what he says, and this is the conclusion he's come to. There can be no maturity in the spiritual life, no obedience in following Jesus. No wholeness 
in the Christian life apart from immersion and embrace of community. There's something about the messiness of the church. There is something about all of us coming from different backgrounds, different belief systems, different socioeconomic standards, different races, different cultures. There's something about that because of the unifying nature of being a follower of Jesus. He says, immersion and embrace of community. And then he says this unbelievable phrase, I am not myself by myself. Isn't that powerful? You won't know who you truly are until you have become vulnerable in a group of people. Otherwise, he goes on, he says, community, not the highly vaunted individualism of our culture, is the setting in which Christ is at play. Why is that? Because to everyone is given a manifestation of the Holy Spirit for the common good. As Ezekiel comes back up, and uh, no, no offense about John Mayer being the worship leader, Ezekiel. I don't want you. I'm dead serious about this stuff. I am dead serious about this stuff. And I know for some of you, when I talk about joining a small group, when I, here's, what I, here's what I know is going to happen. You'll buy a book, and you'll look through it, and you'll be like, oh, you know what? The book's good enough. Yeah, I, I can grow from reading the book. I can grow from filling in all the things. You can. You absolutely can. But you won't grow as much as you could if you were with a group of people. And so what we'll be doing is selling the books. We'll have them open. And for those of you online, I know many of you are in different states. Um, I will teach you how to teach this to facilitate a group. So if you're in another state and you've got a group at work or you've got a group in the neighborhood and you would like to run a rooted group there, I will teach you how to facilitate it. It's not that hard. I've already reached out to our facilitators here. If I haven't reached out to you, and you say, I could facilitate a group, like at my work or in it. I will train you how to do that. It's not that big of a deal. You're just facilitating. Those go on sale next week. I have a lofty goal. <laughs> I have a lofty goal that 80% 80, 80 of us would be in rooted groups. It's a 10-week commitment, so it is a big deal. It's $20 a book. And so for many of you, that might be hard, uh, to, especially if you have, if one of you is in one group and one of you is in another group or you're in a couples group, I would encourage you to each have your own book because you're going to be journaling a little bit. It is a risk. It is a risk. But there is nothing in my life of any value that didn't start off as a risk. Nothing. Changing from business to become a pastor, tiny bit of a risk. <laughs> Marrying my wife, not so much of a risk on my part, but for her, woo, okay? Having kids, right? For the, you guys dating, getting married, whatever. Nothing in your life that's important. Buying a house, buying a car didn't involve risk. So I'm encouraging you to do that. We're going to 
uh, end with a song. And uh, for those of you who want to come up and pray during that time, there'll be someone at the cross praying. Um, and so if you'd like special prayer for that, we can pray for healing there. If you just say, hey, I, I would just like someone to pray for my marriage or a relationship or looking for a job. And then we also open up the altar. And so if you want to come and kneel, um, there's nothing special that happens. It's just a posture of humility. So let me pray for us, and we'll do that. And then after that song, I'll come up with the blessing. Lord Jesus, we are uh, so thankful for all that you do for us. So thankful for your wisdom. So thankful for the way you've designed us. So thankful that you've given us gifts that then we can share to those around us. And that we can receive from what they have to offer. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thank you guys so much for being patient with me and technology. You guys are, I cannot even tell you how much I love being your pastor. You guys always let me off the hook. And uh, I can tell you that is not common in a lot of churches. So I talk to a lot of pastors. So thank you very much for your graciousness as we dealt with all that nonsense. And now... In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I pray you would go in His grace and in His peace and in His courage and boldness. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week, and we will see you next week.